So I'm here with a new friend of mine, Karen Fields. Wonderful to have you on our podcast, Karen. Thank you for having me. Oh, my absolute pleasure. I think we we met like a year ago briefly. Yes. Something like that. Yes. At a friend's birthday party. We were, we were collecting um, firewood from the neighbourhood when we met you. Oh, that's right. Um, I built a little little backyard fire oh, for the yeah. birthday, which I think most folks probably in the city think that's so strange, but for a country girl, I was like, we need a fire. We it's, need a fire. It's, it's a, a party. party. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that. Yeah, yes. so we went foraging in, in <laughs> foraging suburban, suburban Thornbury <laughs> for firewood. That's right. It's <laughs> yeah. a nice memory. That's how we. That's how we got to know one another. <laughs> Foraging for firewood. Yeah. But you are not. You're not from Melbourne, though. I'm definitely not a Melbourneian. De- definitely, definitely. If you can't tell what accent that is, you're definitely a, a Kiwi. Um, um, uh, that I am. I've had yes. a few Kiwis. I've done a few. I've been over in New Zealand. We're not in New Zealand at the moment, listeners. We are in Melbourne. Um, Karen lives in Melbourne these days, mm-hmm. and um, but you are from New Zealand. Where in New Zealand are you from? I'm from a little place called Tikawiti, which is around about the middle of the North Island. Okay. I guess if we were going to explain to those who haven't been to New Zealand or yeah. definitely haven't been to Tikawiti, unless you've got relations there. Um, so I'm not the, sure any of our listeners would have been to Tikawiti. <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe there could a few Kiwi ones might have been. Maybe. You might have stopped for a pie from the bakery. We've got really? good pies. But other than that, it's one of those fill up with gas and keep yeah. on driving kind That's of villages. Yeah. <laughs> so um, tell us what your life looks like these days. What do you do? Um, I live in Melbourne mm-hmm. and I'm an artist. So whatever that means in terms of output, that could be a different thing every day. Right. It's whatever I need to do to translate art into rent and food and life and things like that. So your artistry pays for your rent and food and life? I like yes it does. At the moment it does. It just does. (laughs) I've I've had a few weeks of taking opportunities where I've had to um, enjoy being congratulated for having good art but that is not necessarily a paid celebration. <laughs> so I've gone and done some shows. That was a lovely shows. way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to be very particular with how I express my <laughs> gratitude for being congratulated. For all those um, people who say, come and do our thing and you'll get lots of people get to yes, hear you. You'll get lots of... That's right. lots exposure. Of exposure. That's our favourite word to hear as artists, isn't it? I'm like, yeah, that's... Uh, do you give your chef? exposure for all the meals (laughs) they cook for you for your patrons um so yes i mostly i i create um so i am a songwriter and an entertainer 
um, I say entertainer yeah. because I feel that when I put my shows on, I'm a little bit more vivacious as a storyteller than some of my wonderful esteemed songwriting colleagues who are confident in simply expressing their art just with voice and guitar, right. whereas I find myself commentating and bantering <laughs> and storytelling my way through a show right. so I'm often referred to as a bloody good entertainer <laughs> so that's how I make some of my some of my money but a big passion. so it's the nice it's the nice way of saying you just blabber on and blabber on exactly and, blabber on and everyone's like just play a yeah, bloody song just play a song <laughs> like hurry up and I definitely got that reception when I first moved to Melbourne really? um people were like wow like great comedy show your music's okay <laughs> and I was like oh no I've got to oh, no. I've got to sort that balance out so I feel yeah. like I've achieved a bit more of a balance with um, comedy storytelling and deeply emotional music yeah. so there's yeah. this wild ride that that's I take that's a hard balance on. to hold it is a very big space yeah and folks don't often um, anticipate it I think there's a little bit more of an expectation now that um, I'm getting a little bit more people that have been to shows before and are coming back so yeah. they expect to feel I guess as much of the human spectrum as I can possibly dive yeah. into but it's all I mean they're the artists that they're the artists that I love like even comedians and stuff it's the comedians who can make you laugh and then a second later you're like oh that's that hurts that really hurts and you said that you said you were beginning to say before i cut you off something about but you're extremely passionate about what were you saying oh so i also play music but in a very private space and that is in aged care oh really yeah yeah that's wonderful yes so i am um i don't know what i i mean look i (laughs) when i first started this i gave myself the title of director of joy oh i love Um, that so i think that having done a number of different jobs and moved to a different country and and had to hustle and watching some beautiful friends really slog it out and and covers music and i really take my head off to these artists who can you know slam out three hour sets of covers music and and you know pay the rent and and still you know sort of keep their hearts and hearts and heads intact but i'm not that person yeah um and so i figured if i'm going to do any kind of covers Mm. i'm going to do that in community so i've done a lot of work with kids and with um vulnerable members of our community and Mm. young kids who wouldn't otherwise have potentially artistic mentors and things like that so i've sort of gone down there doesn't pay as well as maybe doing the three hour set in a a pub but it's certainly my big passion and that's led me to creating workshops in aged care facilitating reminiscing reminiscing therapy with music wow so i make it up as i go along reminiscing therapy I love that term. Yeah, it's very... Is that a normal term or do you just... No, I... Do you just coin that phrase? I do coin the phrase. I do try and coin as many unique phrases as I can (laughs) because I'm not qualified in anything. So (laughs) I have to be very particular with the words that I choose in order not to um, lead folks astray with what Mm. I'm offering in terms of a structured therapy as opposed to a more fluent... Yeah. experience yeah. which is what I offer <laughs> um, so that allows me the ability to work during the day yeah. um, and not nine to five I'm creating workshops with music and working with our vulnerable elderly in the community and facilitating wow. connections um, back to themselves back to their communities their childhood yeah. their upbringing all by way of music yeah, wow. Um, so, so, yeah, so what, is, what does reminiscing therapy look like? Well, for me, it's about really understanding the audience. So you've got a particular age group that you know yeah. we're going to be in aged care. So yeah. I learn as much as I possibly can and have done and have grown up that way. And, you know, I'm, you know another story aside, I come from a, you know, my dad loves nostalgic music. My mum's a singer. My mum's a country singer and so, you know, has countless handwritten lyric books of yeah, music yeah. from the 40s 50s and 60s so I grew up with that and yeah. and also 
lived with my grandfather for 16 years so I wow. had this very um, incredible experience with both intergenerational living and with music yeah. Um, yeah. so reminiscing therapy my approach is truly just loving music myself and yeah. really understanding how important that is and lucky for me my dad is also a storyteller and a music lover and he bridged that gap quite early on as well mm. as my mum who took me to aged care to sing when I was very young right. with her so there was this real knowing that music has this ability to take you to the depths of despair and to the heights of happiness mm. and, and just a word or just a, a moment in melody so I think I made those connections very early on mm. that we're very much alive we're alive in art it's not just music but music's my language yeah, yeah. so that's the thing I choose to bring in and yeah. so bringing people back and really acknowledging that I see you mm. and I know that you're there mm. and I know what era you're from and that might not necessarily mean that you're into this kind of music but if I open the door with this piece of nostalgia you might lead yeah. me to the next one which is really where you truly are Wow! so I have this great job in which I work with both cognitive residents who are able to communicate with me about their life and yeah. the memories they have and the music that brings. And then I have the other side, which I'm sure most folks will know that um, people with dementia yeah. are able to recall words to music, are really? able to yeah, wow. come back um, with music. And that's because our brain holds on to music it's one of the last things that we let go of wow yeah so by using that as a language where all other abilities to interact have been lost music remains strong yeah. so it's quite a powerful way to use music in a daily basis yeah. so i can create my own so music at rewarding. night <laughs> it must be so rewarding it's huge like to see yeah i mean we often have pictures of uh, nursing homes as not the nicest places to be sometimes like quite mm -hmm. sad places sometimes but to and bring, they are yeah, yeah but to bring nostalgia to use nostalgia as a way to help people with dementia to come back to some sense of memory that's there that musical memory that's huge yeah well I think that initially it starts by saying I would like you to be back here with us I want you to to be present but for me, again, it comes back to being the director of joy and mm. quality of life mm. is so important. Mm. And when you have a chronic illness or a disease or something that's taking away your ability to feel joy, mm. the purpose of bringing music into this environment is just joy. Just joy. So I might talk for ages about music and memory and the power of this and power of that. But really, if I'm yeah. going to put the resonance shoes on, they're not yeah. thinking about no. my, like, you know, <laughs> righteous crusade to bring them back. They're going, yeah. oh, hey, I feel joy when yeah. you play that music. Yeah. That, to me, is a connection to something I enjoy. Yeah. And that's as simple as it is. So, yeah. you know, if I have to sell it to a boardroom, I can certainly articulate <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. But when it comes to me and just sitting there yeah. with my nanas and poppers, whom I adopt <laughs> by the, in the yes. hundreds, um, it's about going what brings you joy mm. music's a great way to go we don't have to talk about it yeah. let me just play a couple of things and if your eyes light up I'll generally know what your kind of buzz is because yeah. around about the 40s there wasn't that much to choose from <laughs> and yeah, right. 50s started getting a bit more exciting the 60s is just yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. anyway so you get the idea that's, that's amazing that's the other side of of what I do the no. director of joy yeah that's one of my favorite titles <laughs> is that like if you're sitting on a plane and someone says what do you do are you like I'm the director of joy uh, um it just yeah often I will say that yeah, yeah. what wonderful work <laughs> and it pays the bills so you can do your own music yeah and yeah. my own music has um you know it has its financial payoff yeah, but yeah. it's not a yeah it's it's the life of a gambler yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yours. I think I mean all any artist that I that I talk to has a few different faucets that they're getting their monetary income from. I'm not like unless you can really make it specifically on one in particular thing, mm -hmm. it's often that they're teaching or that they're doing aged care stuff or they're doing this, this, and that. And that's the it all comes together to be enough because um, it's a lot of pressure to put on your art 
Yeah. If you're if if it has to make all the money for you, it's too much better. Yeah, it is. It's it's and it's just too. I don't like saying things like it's too tough or it's too hard, but it's it's really difficult and. When you're a singer-songwriter or a storyteller yeah. or a deep feeler, yeah. you know, you're wanting people to pay for your interpretation of your feelings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's like, oh, a <laughs> bit of, are my feelings worth your hard-earned yeah. dollar? Because that's what yeah. I'm trying to sell you here is my feelings. Yeah. Or my interpretation of something. And so sometimes when you're not sure of your own feelings and really just yeah. like, can I just feel this without putting a ticket price on it you've yeah. got to have another way yeah. um to fill the tank yeah you know and Absolutely. and we're great listeners we're great observers and we're sponges of life mm. and i definitely recognized that i needed to establish myself somewhere where i didn't have to instagram it mm. i didn't have to promote it mm. but i could still feel mm. <laughs> and i could still encourage feelings mm. And play music. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've never had such a good friend. When I'm with you, I don't pretend. You make me laugh. Give me reason. Speak the words that I have believe in. Love. Maybe tell us a little bit of your your story, your creative story. Where did where did creativity begin for you? I really loved writing poetry. Did you? Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah, I didn't really put the poetry with song together. Yeah. yeah. I love music. Yeah. Um, but I grew up in an era of Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. Oh, I grew up in that era too. Totally. Yeah. So we have very similar Britney. top twenty charts. <laughs> yes. And for a young teenage girl yeah. or prepubescent girl, seeing that is what's on your charts yeah, and what's happening. Yeah. It's just it just in no way, shape or form did that go, Oh, you can play music. It just yeah. wasn't a very yeah. and I was I know this is introducing a very, a kind of taking a bit of a different road, but I was also in a wheelchair at the time. I was oh. a very unwell child. Right. I was very overweight. And so, right. um, you know, all those contributing factors, you're kind of yeah. like, mm, you're not going to be the next pop star. So yeah, right. write poetry and play guitar yeah. <laughs> separately. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but always been very creative, yeah. madly in love with music from the moment I realised I could create it myself as mm. much as enjoy it. Mm. Um, I had a career in radio broadcasting, oh. very young, yeah. having been in a wheelchair as I mentioned or being very sick, I chose a career path in which I could do sitting down. Yeah, could, well. um, I'm very good at observing the world because I wasn't really living in it. I was living right. on the outskirts where they had ramp access, and if not, you stood on the outsides and wow. you observed. So, wow. I had a bit of an uncanny ability to um, articulate what was happening in the world without actually living in it. You know, when you have nurses caring for you around the clock and doctors caring yeah. for you around the clock, and you have this very naked vulnerable disability that yeah. everyone knows about and yeah. everyone's everyone's not driven by but everyone is responsible for your disability you know mm. you've t you take up time i was in a hospital for a lot of time and an hour away from my family wow. so you know you've already taken up enough sort of air time yeah, on your yeah. illness you know you're very aware that yeah. This is a full-time job for my parents, for my siblings. They yeah. have to live, you know, for the people that are caring for me. So yeah. I found that I wasn't ready to put that into any kind of art. And it was kind of being taken care of. Yeah. It wasn't that it wasn't being ignored. Like, yeah. you know, that part of me was being healed by extraordinary healers. Yeah. There was other parts of me missing out on being a teenager and yeah. experiencing pain and isolation yeah. and... Um, yeah, being very overweight and, and obviously yeah. having to use, um, you know, walking aids and yeah. wheelchairs. It was that kind of stuff and trying to navigate being a teenager when you're not a teenager oh, at all. Wow. You're really just a body in a bed and people wow. are just trying to keep you keep you happy, yeah. alive, wow. kind of a, awake sometimes of the day. And yeah. yeah, so that poetry was a real lifeline and yeah. something to play 
guitar at sort of the same time because it's something to do. So I was flat on my back, tied to a bed, staring at the ceiling, <sighs> learning to play guitar. Yeah. So wow. I had a good career in radio for a couple of years. Yeah. And then around 22, 23, um, I started putting that poetry to music. Huh. And I was pretty sold yeah. from there. So from there, my brother had moved to Australia and he rang me and said, you need to come to Melbourne. Yeah, wow. So I quit my job in radio. Wow. I was on a billboard and driving around in a car with my face on the side of it, and I just didn't go back on Monday. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty... I'm sure your bosses were very excited about they that. They were not very happy about that decision. Um, but nonetheless, they understood that you know i'd been through quite a yeah yeah interesting journey thus far and so we had quite a few metropolitan stations around new yeah. zealand and i worked for a big company that yeah, yeah, yeah. did lots of stuff so yeah, yeah. i was um yeah i was being groomed as they say to uh keep on climbing yeah. up that radio broadcasting ladder but then um, singing took over I think it was survival. Survival to yeah. at that point. I think at that point I'd got out of a wheelchair. I'd um, got back to fairly good health. Yeah. I'd overcome obstacles that had at that point been quite... Um, it was very unlikely that mm. I was going to live um, a very active or physical or even independent life. So yeah, I right. had smashed all of that out of the park. And wow. I guess I sat there with myself at 22 with this wildly successful career at a young age in radio and just sort of went I need to get out of the studio because yeah. now I have this body that can take me out wow. to the side of the studio so it was it was necessary yeah it was like I've got to go yeah I've worked really hard for this mm. opportunity to go so I'm out wow mm. so that sounds like that's a massive part of your journey the sickness yeah. And battling with that. I've tried not to have it that way. I think I moved to Australia and... and um, Wanted to leave it all behind. Definitely. Because yeah. in New Zealand I had a very um, public um, relationship with my health. Right. Because I'd been supported by my small town community. I'd right. been, you know, moved up in radio broadcasting because I had this wicked personality and extraordinary yeah. sense of humour. I yeah. got, I was New Zealand's best broadcaster at 19. Wow. So I was winning awards nice and it was like, it yeah. was really lovely. Yeah. But it was on the basis that I'd had this extraordinary life and I'd overcome these things and I yeah. was an ambassador and a motivational speaker and, you yeah. know, all these kind of like things that hasn't. I still didn't really understand what yeah, these well. adults were kind of buzzing about, huh. but yeah, I'd, I'd lived a lot yeah. by the time I sort of said poetry and music, I just need to go to Melbourne and yeah. and listen. So I moved here and just didn't really talk about that health side for a bit because I just really no wanted one knew. to. no one knew. And I yeah. needed to. Yeah. You know, I'd been very public. I needed to leave the country. That's how I felt, Yeah, I, you know whether or not people were like we didn't care we, we weren't looking like don't flatter yourself but for me in my little ego world I thought everyone's looking I have to leave yeah, yeah. so I came to Melbourne and right um yeah I I had some intentions of being a you know I say musician yeah but really it was about the journey of of discovering art and and the, mm. the power of words and music mm. and and the joy and 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 the healing yeah and i think that's a big part of any of any artist journey is going you know i realized i had some healing to do yeah and i chose this thing to pour it in yeah and to figure out how to to patch myself up huh. um, and that was definitely my thing music Music was your therapy. Yeah, music was the thing that I was like, no, it might not make sense. It might not yeah. make money. I might not. All these things might not, might not, might not. Yeah. But it was absolute total survival. Like yeah, I yeah. have to do this thing, or wow. I'm going to die. Wow. It was very black and white for me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'd lived way too much and way too much of a short space of time, and I just needed to go somewhere else and write it down. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just amazing where our the beautiful creativity that we bring to the world can come out of such 
like necessity, dark places and the necessity of just wanting to survive. Yep, and that's what it is, survival. Yeah. And lucky, I feel so lucky that I have this creative output that, yeah. um, that constantly reassures me in times of desperation that yeah. no matter what it is, I have found an, you know, a jug to fill. Mm. And I really feel deep sorrow for my fellow brothers and sisters in this world that may not have had the encouragement or the awareness to fill yeah. fill jugs up yeah. or have an outlet or creative outlet or yeah. scientific outlet or just yeah, anything yeah. at all you know so I'm regardless of the darkness I've always had this way to go oh well I'm gonna put that there yeah. and this darkness goes there and this darkness goes there and you know and, yeah. and I'm left with joy <laughs> yeah I shook your That shook the hands of pain Said it all makes you stronger Yeah, that's just the way So I'll see you these days, what do you what do you write about? What's your focus with your writing? I think our relationship with love. So not right. love songs in the in the black and white kind of sense. Yeah, yeah. I certainly do have a couple of love songs that I sing, and I love singing. I heard you sing a lovely song <laughs> the other night for the wonderful Jay over there. For my sweetheart, tucked yeah. up on the couch, <laughs> grinning ear to ear at this. <laughs> segue into Atlantis is a big love song yeah. that I wrote. Um, it's massive it and you big. give your all to that song. Yeah. It, can, it takes it out of you. It must. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And I think that's why I've not really been confident to write love songs until that moment because all the songs I do write about, I really give it everything I got. You yeah. know, So I, I write about a mother and her son and her son's troubles with serious addiction and I... Um, you know, I have songs about terrible incidents that have happened in my life, and, yeah. and I and I re- and I and you have to go there yeah. to deliver that song. You have songs about breakups. You have songs about yeah. figuring yourself out, and um, you know, as a storyteller, I have to step into those shoes yeah. to deliver that with integrity. Yeah. So when I sing about the biggest love of my life, it yeah. does my whole body twists yeah. back and my neck reaches to the sky and after yeah. I've just delivered this sort of comedy ramble and then I sort of unleash this like massive love song I think sometimes the audience are just like I just need to, I just need a moment <laughs> I just need to go and have some quiet time <laughs> so I write a lot about love but I'm a very prolific songwriter and I, and I don't say that um, to show up in any way no, I mean I'm a practiced prolific songwriter you work bloody hard to become a prolific very hard tell us so, about that how do you how did you become a prolific songwriter from hearing that other other artists around me were I heard this word prolific and I admit yeah. that I was like hmm what's prolific because um, <laughs> I'd, I'd come to Melbourne with maybe two songs in my pocket you know my radio career behind me thinking you know I've smashed a radio career in a few yeah. years I'll take this music thing by storm and yeah. figure it all out and yeah. I've got two songs like Missy Higgins will call me tomorrow <laughs> um, and so then when it turns out that I'd moved to Melbourne and I had very naively not really realised what I'd walked into and right. all of a sudden I'm in the company of extraordinarily prolific artists yeah. and, and sort of going oh how do I, what, what do you mean you write a song a week like that was Enough to make me go white in the face and go, oh, yeah. I feel a bit unwell. So, um, my dear friend Chanel Davis, um, she essentially sat me down and gave me no other option. She's like, right, song a day. So, we wow. write a song a day. We do probably three challenges a year. Okay. Where we, I've just finished one yesterday. Yeah. Song a day for 14 days. Um, I've also, I also wrote a song a week for a year and I wow. shared it on YouTube. Wow. Um, so That's I great. basically had what I'm, I guess the point of the story is I had a friend who sponsored me to be a yeah. songwriter and made me accountable yeah. and um, made me feel confident in that 
prolificness by ensuring that I knew I was, if anything, just creating compost for the roses. Yeah. And once that little nugget of joy came into my existence, I was more confident to write and write and write. What do you mean by so that? It could just be crap. Just, yeah. just write yeah. a thousand bad songs. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. just be totally okay with yeah. writing bad songs. Yeah. Because I think that's the fear, and, and certainly in that early artist endeavor, yeah. where we go, okay, I've made the decision. Yeah. I'm going to be an artist. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> I've to got a couple artist. of songs that my friends and close people are like, great. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, now what? Yeah. Um, and especially for me, I'm certainly not an artist that was able to immediately identify this is who I am and this is yeah, what I write yeah. about and this is what I look like. And, yeah. you know, I didn't know any of that. So yeah. I'm very lucky to have someone to hold my hand and say, well, actually, no one wow. really knows that. You've you've got to do the work. Yeah. You've got to sit down every day and write a song and yeah. you've got to write and write and yeah. be okay with getting rid of all the cobwebs and yeah. eventually after time I just became incredibly happy with writing mm. whatever and yeah. so I feel the same relationship almost in a way with um with a great song as much as I do with a not great song because yeah. I just have space for both of them that's great I have equal equal chairs at the at the table so when you sit down at the chair with the blank piece of paper and the guitar, how does it how does it go from a nothing to a something for you? Sometimes it's desperation, especially when I know I've got a deadline. <laughs> so I might just write a silly song about, you know, anything at all. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll have, you know, a challenge to myself. I'm going to write about not myself or I'm yeah. going to try and not write about my feelings or I'm going to try and write about someone I met on the bus. Or yeah, yeah. Um, I think when you put these challenges in place... Um, you don't think too much about what you're writing about. The most important thing is, is that you're writing something. Yeah. Um, so most of the time, both comes out at the same time. Yeah. The music and the and the words will yeah. flow out, and that's mm. it. Um, but I don't often, even if I sit down and go, I'm going to sing a song about the garden. I'll yeah. open my mouth, and something random will come out, and that's great. That's great. Yeah. That's also the practice of songwriting, and yeah. The, um, the practice songwriter in me is just like, right, let's go there. Yeah. Let's go down that. It's let's like let's impro- not get stuck on the garden. Like, yeah. <laughs> we've gone somewhere else. So. Yeah. It's like yeah. improvisational songwriting. Yeah. And yeah. which I'm, I mean, look, I, I can say I'm very good, but I'm, I'm, you know, no Wayne Brady from Whose Line Is It Anyway. But, yeah. I, you know, I yeah. can, I'm fairly confident to write a song on the spot. If yeah. you gave me a topic right now, let's do we it. could go for it. Let's you know? do it. Okay. <laughs> Have you, where's your guitar? Um, it's in, do you need it's a guitar? Magic room. Oh, we don't really need a guitar. Like, oh, we can just sing. Yeah, we we can, can just well, you it. know, you can use whatever. What's our topic? What could our topic be? Yeah. There's a lovely glass of wine sitting right there. I was thinking about kombucha. Wanna... But oh, like... kombucha. <laughs> you could do kombucha or wine. Yeah, kombucha or wine. Yeah. Yeah? All right. Yeah, go for yeah. it. I'd love to hear this. Yeah. Shouldn't be drinking wine. Shouldn't be drinking wine. Doctor says it's high time that you shouldn't be drinking mm. wine. <laughs> I should have a glass of kombucha. <laughs> Apparently it's quite good for you. Drink that kombucha. Yeah, doctor says that's good for you. But instead I'm drinking wine. <laughs> you know? That was a lot. It's so deep. So, no, right. It's really connected with my core audience. <laughs> but you get it. You just have to be confident to sound like a Wally. I've got big hands and wear blue jeans, and in my pockets are great big things. And in my heart, I can just tell that you don't know me very well. I'm unsure. I'm going to take it right back to my hometown. Cool. It was a local theatre production, and I had mentioned earlier that I'd grown up with Brittany and Christina, yes. and obviously Alanis Morissette and Jewel oh, had made yes. cassette tape features in my life. Of course, Tracy were. Chapman as well, Ooh. who I'm very grateful for Absolutely. the trifecta of legends. That, yeah. but. Um, I still maintained that frame of mind of um, no Christina or Brittany. Yeah, yeah. So I played guitar 
um, really enjoyed it. And I sang, but I'd been rejected for every local theatre show that I'd mm. auditioned for. And again, the town's only got four and a half thousand people. So mm. when you've not even got a role in the local <laughs> show, like <laughs> confidence level zero. Yeah. So I was cast as the guitarist in a show. First time I'd ever had anyone sort of go, oh, you play guitar, do you want to come and do this? And I was egotistically still pissed off that I hadn't got a roll on stage. It was like, <laughs> come on. But at six foot three, overweight, kind of just started walking again. I wasn't yeah. really all that much to look at. So um, guitarist it six was. Six foot three, you're tall now and you were I tall am. back then. Yeah, so wow. I grew too quickly. That's part of my chronic yeah, illness. Right. So I was about yeah. six foot one or two at wow. 12. Wow. Um, yeah, so... When I got the role as guitarist in the show, I met a beautiful pianist yeah. who read music and I immediately detested the fact that I was sat next to someone who read music and I learned how to play music, falling asleep on handbags and pubs from my mum and I was very <laughs> righteous about my bush upbringing and here I was in a show having to play next to this pianist. and. Yeah. After all was said and done and we played the music and I mm. followed through and, you know, did all the things I had to do. And after mm. the show, she said to me, oh, like, you play, play me something that you know. And I closed my eyes and I belted me in Bobby McGee by Janis Joplin. Mm. And this beautiful pianist who was very, very well educated and read music was just, she was quite awestruck mm. and was quite emotional. And she was the one who planted that seed in me that said you're different mm. you just played a whole song with your eyes closed mm. she said I can't play a single note without looking at a piece of paper and you just closed your eyes and let it rip and that was that moment that I was very much assured that music was my language and it didn't have to be on a piece of paper and there didn't have to be a set of rules um, and I'm very grateful for that moment. I don't know where you're going Oh, I know where you Creativity, I, I would certainly love to think that I could channel a lot more spirituality into my creative pursuits, right. and I know that I've used my creative pursuits to be quite... Um, I wouldn't say political, right. but definitely protest. Very, very strong right. sense yeah, of yeah. social justice yeah, and yeah. Um, dedicated probably the past eight years of my creative work to protesting. Yeah, wow. Um, but now I just find joy in writing stories and <laughs> yeah. yeah, and writing love songs yeah, yeah. and. And kind of creating a, a lot more of a sacred space oh. that I'm not confusing with a job yeah. for my spiritual and social endeavours. Because yeah. I find that I'm more powerful if I don't channel it all into the stage. Because mm. a lot of it is lost. That's interesting. Um, so but, you were doing a lot of social justice focused stuff. Like, songs with a message kind of thing oh that, that was to. the only reason i wanted to be a musician yeah yeah right. i definitely was yeah. inspired by joan Baez, janice joplin although yeah. she didn't necessarily have a social message she was yeah. certainly not a you know they you know she was voted the ugliest man in high school right. or university so yeah. you know i had that kind of like i'm on their team yeah, like yeah. and being a um a woman in a relationship with another woman yeah at that time when I moved to Australia and realised that you didn't have the same equal rights as I had just yes. come from in New yeah, Zealand. Yeah, because you, you mm -hmm. were able to get married in New Zealand years ago, hey? Yep, was, yeah, yep, we, we were. And my mum was too when I moved here. So yeah. I was really taken aback by that. So I really dedicated... I thought, yes. wow, you know, this is the only reason I'm going to be a musician and it's just yeah. going to yell at people. <laughs> and, it's just, and it didn't yeah. really translate... <laughs> Like I wanted it to. Um, even the only uh, the communities in which I was advocating for were like, oh, you're really strong, you're really full on. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely, and I, I have no 
crimes or regrets. It's not a yeah. thing at all. That's yeah, yeah. and I yeah, and it played an important role. And we yeah. achieved equality. And I was there. I was the musician on the day that the vote was announced, the non-binding vote. But yeah, I was yeah. the one who sang at Parliament. Wow. I mean, sorry, at the State Library. That. Yeah, right. When they made the announcement, so wow. it certainly it wasn't it wasn't that it was on deaf ears it was just a very yeah. very tough way to be yes. an artist and ju- and just be in that world yeah, and yeah. just yeah. sing those songs yeah. and just every yeah creative output was like what am i changing here but i yeah, just yeah. felt that i wasn't really achieving that so when i um you know came back to myself spiritually yeah. and with integrity i realized that i could you know that that just by living with um, integrity every day and wow. sharing, um, and sharing spirit, heart yeah. to heart, kindness yeah. to kindness, listening as much as speaking was mm-hmm. doing a lot more work than just taking a microphone and, and saying I've got a microphone, yeah. <laughs> so you have to listen. Yeah. Um, so it's been a transformation for me in the past maybe four or five years. Yeah. Wow. Where it's helped me really enjoy my artwork and I. My art a lot more, and I find that audiences are a lot more receptive to mm. bigger messages um, when you don't open with "Let when me tell you what you're doing wrong." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not. It's quite confronting. So, yes, um, I find that just by being who I am, um, and I don't look like a run-of-the-mill kind of country artist. I guess most folks would call me a handsome gent before they call me a beautiful woman. <laughs> Um, yeah. And that stirs a bit of controversy up. Yeah. But as long as I'm delivering good music, they're quite happy to have the chat about that after the show. <laughs> so I find yeah. that that's a lot more powerful way yeah. um, to stay connected for my own sanity to spirit as well as allow others to maybe mm. explore other connections. Mm. Um, oh, it's so help- like it's helpful for me because I, like, I do a lot of social justice-focused poetry and anyone like listening who is who that's their thing like they have a strong message that they want to get out to hear uh, you reflect on the need to to st- it's not like you've given up that message but you have been able to hold that um and not just become an a bitter angry activist mm. in your music but and and to not have your music co-opted by um by that like that that to to hold on to music is the expression of my heart and my spirit and yes it speaks Mm. socially and can challenge socially and can call those things out but um i just i love that the what it sounds like the last few years journey has been for you is working out how to hold those two things together a message to have the message of the social messages but to to allow your creativity just to be the thing that bubbles up in you because that's what who you are that's mm-hmm. part of who you are like it's so healthy to hold those things together i love hearing that from you it's really important and i think it's important that you say that i haven't at all lost that yeah. sense of social justice but i found that there were two things like one when the message was getting across yeah. i was preaching to the converted huh yeah. There wasn't anyone that didn't know yes, already what I right. was saying. Uh, and yeah. so I felt that I was yeah. among wonderful people yeah. a lot of the time. But the work that I wanted to be doing yes. and I want to do now is not with those that already agree. Yeah. And so that means listening. Mm. And that means really listening and really understanding and not trying to manipulate a message wow. or not trying to really change people's minds. It's yes. really listening to what to what and why and how and then just letting all that go and trying to find a connection of kindness and so just really yeah. stripping back my own ego layers of my own righteous crusade to change the world huh. and really just strip it back to where's our kindness connection mm. with any human mm. that I come across mm-hmm. and what's our language of kindness and what mm. does kindness look like to you and what does it look like to me mm. I don't have to have an agenda or a message when we reach our connection of kindness. Mm. We both have a great foundation to have conversations about Mm. 
anything mm. from that point on. Yeah. But until we really reach that point, I can't reach farmers in rural yeah. Queensland. I yeah. can't reach the farmers back home. And I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be like farmers. I'm being very stereotypical of mm. some of the folks that have maybe been quite forthright in yes. their opinions and feelings. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm kind of just trying to say there are there are some folks who live happy lives who yeah. don't really live in big Melbourne cities and aren't yeah, yeah. you know exposed to millions of conversations yeah. they're just trying to pay the bills yeah, yeah. and they're spending their hard-earned money on having a good night with you yeah you know? <laughs> like, yeah so so what's what are you trying to how come what I just yeah. ha, I just shared just like 40,000 sheep yeah, to yeah. come and hear from a vegan lesbian like, <laughs> <laughs> and I just love country music you know so yeah. you have to kind of yeah find that way to go oh and yeah. that's your kindness here's my kindness yeah. and you know when all said and done we know how to make a good cup of tea together oh you know, it's so, so beautiful Karen. like you yeah. know in our such divisive world like this is the message that needs to get out there like yeah. that it is one of listening and kindness and the only way that our world will change is is not going to be through trying to preach at each other but through listening through yeah. over a cup of tea yeah so that's been my transformation as an mm. artist going from someone who definitely felt a strong sense of I've got a loud voice I've got a great singing voice I can write good songs I should do something amazing with it Joan Baez like you know Bob Dylan but yeah yeah, unfortunately the paying folks were like yeah (laughs) no (laughs) yeah we'll just go next door to get up we don't have to hurt yeah Yeah. (laughs) the, the transition not just other people but the transition for you it sounds like over the last few years that's a beautiful transition into much more of a um a completeness in who you are a wholeness like just a holding of who you are a lot more maybe than you had in the past is that what it feels like yeah it feels like love it Mm. feels like love and coming full circle from quite a practiced religious background right. from a small community yeah. um, it feels like a whole love like there's enough room at the table for everyone mm. this isn't just about me and my show this is genuinely about people connecting with one another mm. um, yeah and it's safe for me as well I have to take into that consideration too that sometimes when you are yeah. marching a strong strong social justice message that you are unsafe yes um and it's safe for me to be kind on all levels and Mm. not to judge and so it's a lot easier to be a prolific artist and performer Mm. when you feel safe Mm. when everyone feels the love and we've made a connection based on kindness we can grow from there and i'm going to be an artist for the next however many years so I was like you know what I'm going to be okay with the crock pot theory you know I'm just going to slow cook this (laughs) in my my 20s I was like I've got to get this message through I've got six months and I've got a budget and I'm going to get fat and old like you know right now I'm just like well you know I'll just wear suck and tuck undies and put on a bit of tinted foundation like still do my job wow (laughs) yeah that's beautiful that's great. Thank you. Um, may as we begin to finish off, I'd I'd love to. Would you play us a song? I've like would three you? red wines. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I feel like I've got four hundred million songs. Oh yeah, what music. song? What song do you want to well, sing? I can, um, oh, you've even got your harmonica on there. I always always bring my harmonica. I love it. Yeah, um, but don't eat too much before you play harmonica. Just handy hint. Why? Think about it. Breathing in and out. Oh, all the food kind of uh-huh. makes its way into So when the... you like lend it to your three-year-old niece who's just eating <laughs> banana and then a week oh. later you do a show. All cloggy. breathe in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fairly obvious. Sometimes I warn the audience and they're looking out for it. The moment where I suck in my niece's banana hummus. But anyway, I digress. You're going to do Mama? I'm going to do Mama. Mama is... A song I wrote in Australia. It's the song that won the New Zealand Country Music Award, but I wrote it in Australia. I'm embodying the Anzac spirit. Um, 
I met a, a mother who was trying to save her son's life. Mm. Um, and I wrote the song the day after I met her. Mm. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> so it to us. This is Mama. You got your chance to hit the big time, but instead you hit the crack pipe. Mama's gonna see you red, baby. Mama's gonna see you red. Now you've done wrong to many a man, but they're gonna catch you if they can. But Mama's gonna see you red, baby. Mama's gonna see you right. Only your mama's love can save you, baby. When you messed up your whole damn life. Only your mama's love can save you, baby. from today's episode is from the incredible Karen Fields so make sure you go and check out her stuff at Karen Fields that's K-E-R-R-Y-N-F-I-E-L-D-S KarenFields.com thanks so much for being with us once again at the Deep Place podcast the Deep Place oh that was great <laughs>